As I was driving to work one day, this phrase came to me. Let go so you can go up. Let go so you can go up. There is an upward call on us all. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter where you came from, doesn't matter the color of your skin, doesn't matter what your socioeconomic status is, there is an upward call on us all. And in order for us to go up and to come up, there are certain things that we may need to let go so we can go up. Caleb stilled the people and said, let us go up at once and possess the land, for we are well able to overcome it. For them to go up, they had to let go of some things. Turn in Philippians, the third chapter this morning, if you would. Father, we thank you for a wonderful year. Thank you, Lord, that you crowned this new year with your goodness. We prophesy over our lives that great and glorious things are coming our way. I ask for utterance, sir, today to speak your word. I pray the eyes of our hearts to be flooded with light, our spirits to be strengthened, and us to be encouraged in the Lord today. We praise you for it in the name of Jesus. Amen. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 13... The Apostle Paul said, I do not consider, brethren, that I have captured and made it my own yet. But one thing I do, it is my one aspiration. A synonym for aspiration is desire. Napoleon Hill said this, that desire is the starting point of all achievement. A keen pulsating desire which transcends everything. Paul said, I make this my one aspiration. And the next word, he said, forgetting. I looked up that word forgetting, and that word forgetting there means no longer caring for or caring about. In other words, no more carrying the care of yesterday on my shoulders. Forgetting what lies behind. And straining forward. Everyone say forward. forward. We're moving forward in this place. Amen. We're moving forward in faith. Because we've tapped into His grace. It is my one inspiration. What lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. And I have in my notes that good and great things lie ahead for us. Hallelujah. I'm going to receive that again. Great and good and glorious things are coming our way. Woo! Glory! And then notice with me in verse 14. He said, I press... Another word for press is I pursue. The definition of pursue means to seek after eagerly, earnestly, endeavor to acquire. 
I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us where? He's calling us upward. Say it with me. There is an upward call on my life. There is an upward call on us all. And then in verse 15, he said, So let those of us who are spiritually mature and full grown, notice this phrase, have this mind and hold these convictions. And if any respect you have a different attitude of mind, God will make that clear to you. I want you to notice this phrase, have this mind and hold these convictions. What are these convictions? A conviction that we must hold true to and hold fast to that what lies ahead for us is much better than what's behind us. That great and glorious things are coming my way. Believe it. Say it. Hold fast to this conviction that what lies ahead is great and glorious. Look at your neighbor and say, the future is bright. Hallelujah. I prophesy promotion over your life. I prophesy the best deals, the best buyers. I prophesy over you that you are of a quick understanding and that you operate and you flow in the wisdom of God. And in 2018, you're led by the Spirit of God and He's leading you and guiding you into glorious and great things. Woo! Hallelujah! The future's bright. So, let go. So you can go up. This means that there is a plan for us to come up. A better quality of life. How many of you could use more energy? Come on. That's 100% of you. Not more energy so you can open up another bag of potato chips and watch another eight hours of Home Alone. But I'm talking about more energy that you can go all in for the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is in you and He went all in for you. If I had a white hanky, I'd wave it right now. (coughs) Better quality of life. How about debt freedom? You don't raise your hands on this one, but how many of you could use a little coming up in your relationships? In your marriage. How about your health? It's the will of God for us to walk in divine life and in divine health. There is an innumerable amount of things that we can come up in. But if we're going to come up, we've got to let go of some things. And Paul is referring to one of these things. You understand this is a big pot. And we're going to center in on a couple of them today. 
Look at the voice translation. Not that you have it there, but pull it up on the, on the board there. In Philippians 3.14, Paul said, I am sprinting toward the only goal that counts. I want to make my life count. How about you? I really want to make my life count. I believe that that's your plan and your desire as well. He said, I'm sprinting toward the only goal that counts to cross the line. We're in a race. We're not always going to be running this race. The finish line is coming. I'm sprinting toward the only goal that counts to cross the line, to win the prize, and to hear God's call, I love this, to resurrection life. This is what the voice translation says. We're having a hard time getting it up today. But to win the prize and hear God's call to resurrection life. That's the upward call. It's not a dead life. It's not a nine to five life. It's not a go through the motions life. It is a resurrection life. Hallelujah. It is the high life. It is the good life. It's a life of service. It's a life of love. It's a life of strength. I'm here in God's call for us all to the resurrection life. And then he says this, that it is found, it's there, but is it, it is exclusively only found in Jesus, the Anointed One. You don't get resurrection life because you have a lot of money. There are people that have a lot of money, but their money has them. They don't have the money. Come on, somebody. Paul was saying that past accomplishments are not going to deceive me into thinking that I've arrived. And then on the other hand, past failures are not going to cause me to give up on what Christ has called me to. In the book of Proverbs it says this, Look straight ahead and fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. The resurrection path is a safe path. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. You see, the path of the just is as the shining light that shines more and more unto the perfect day. When you and I walk on His paths of resurrection life, when we follow this upward call, when we let go, He will bring us up and life will be brighter and life will be better. Look at Isaiah chapter 43. And I do want to look at this one. I'm going to look at this one from God's Words translation, the GWT. Notice this phrase with me. He said, forget what happened in the past. And then he qualifies what it means to forget. He means 
do not dwell on events from long ago. The word forget there in Hebrew is Z-A-K-A-R. And it literally means remember not, to not focus on or even speak about, do not recognize, or it also means stop considering it and start looking in another direction. See, if you're sprinting toward the prize of the high calling, you've got to stay focused. So he says, forget what happened in the past and do not dwell on events from long ago. Verse 19 says, I'm going to do something new. Amen. When's the last time you did something new? Some of you may want to change your hairstyle. Some of you want, may want to change your attitude. You can walk around and say, I got a new attitude. He says, I'm going to do something new. And then, I love it, it's already happening. Whether you realize it or not, you set in motion the law of faith by believing and saying, great and glorious things are coming my way. It's already happening. Somebody says, well, I don't see nothing happening. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. But it's happening. God is setting up some divine appointments for you. God, who is a spirit, is working behind the scenes in the spirit realm. And if you will just stay in faith, it shall not be long before it shows up in the natural realm. I'm already doing something new. It's already happening. Don't you recognize it? And I love this. I will clear away in the desert. Somebody says, man, pastor, it's been dry. God says, I'm going to clear away in the desert for you. Not only that, but he said, I will make rivers on dry land. (laughs) Woo, hallelujah. I prophesy to you today that out of your belly is going to flow rivers of living water. Let go of the past. So you can come up in 2018. I've called this the big eight. Some things that we can let go of. Just some thoughts. How about this? Let go of the things that aren't working. Well, I've tried every diet under the sun, Pastor. If it ain't working, let it go. And I have a new diet for you. You can see me out in the foyer afterwards. It's only $99 a month. Called the Spirit-Led Diet. Just teasing. Let go of the things that aren't working. Stop running Toward the wall and hitting yourself in the head. 
Let go of the things that aren't working. How about this one? Let go of unhealthy relationships that aren't taking you anywhere. Do you have any toxic relationships? And it might be a friend. I'm not talking about filing for divorce now. But if you are in a toxic relationship in your marriage, you need to submit yourself either to marriage counseling or get in some good marriage classes so you can get the inflammation out of your marriage. That's a big thing in diets today. You know, get the inflammation out, your joints feel better, get the weight down, you got more spring in your step, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But it's possible for marriages to be inflamed. To be inflamed with bitterness. To be inflamed with unforgiveness. Let go of unhealthy relationships that aren't taking you anywhere. Sometimes we have to let go of some natural things so we can go up. It's possible to have an unhealthy relationship with a computer. And I'm not just talking about pornography. That is one. But did you know that spending 8 to 10 hours on your smartphone or your iPad or your computer or on Facebook and Instagram is extremely and unhealthy, toxic relationship. We went and got a steak the other night. My favorite steakhouse is open. It burnt down for a while, but it's open again. It was good. Really good. I'm not going to tell you what it is, because I don't want you standing in line in front of me. <laughs> but I'm on my way out the door and it's crowded and people are waiting and there's a lady sitting there and I didn't see it but she's on her smartphone and she's got her foot out right in the walkway the man of God almost became a man of strife. <laughs> no, I barely tripped over her foot. Oh, she says, oh, excuse me. I said, that's oh, okay, okay. But there are people that are so absorbed with the spirit of this age and the spirit of this world that it's literally, listen, it is literally draining them of God time. I think this, that if people spent a third of the time they spent on Facebook, they'd be spiritual giants. Okay. And this one's for me. Let go of trying to change people. Anybody ever try to change somebody? You know, we have enough to do to really cooperate with change in our lives before we try to change other people. And here's one that will really help. Let go of trying to please everybody. Yeah. 
Let go of that. That doesn't mean that you want to act like a nincompoop. And that doesn't mean that you want to be domineering and say, Hey, Raul, it's my way or the highway, bro. I'll double, I tell you right now, if I said to Brenda, Hey, I'm the captain of this ship. Her response would be, sit down, Mac, you're rocking the boat. Let go of trying to please everybody. You know where that trying to please everybody comes from? Many, many of you don't know this, but it comes directly from the spirit of fear. Because if I don't please me, they won't like me. If I don't please them, they won't acknowledge me. Now that's a snare. That's a snare. And the scripture says in Proverbs 29 and verse 25 that the fear of man, it brings a snare into a person's life. Pretty good song on that phone. Let go. We're trying to please everybody. And make the decision that if I live my life to please God, there will be a lot of people that will be pleased. But no matter what I do, no matter what I say, I'm not ever going to please everyone. You found that out, right? So please God, put your head on the pillow at night and rest in the Lord and roll the care of all those nincompoops over on God. Amen. How about this one? Boy, this is, this is meddling ground here. Let go of trying or let go of procrastination. How many of you know there's power in the word now? For example, in Hebrews, the 11th chapter, in the first verse... It says that now faith is. Fred Price used to teach it like this. If it's not now, it's not faith. And he also used to say that faith is present tense. There's power in the word now. What do you mean, pastor? I am healed now. Try that on for size. By his stripes, I was healed. If I was healed, I am healed right now. Amen. Well, I don't feel it. It doesn't matter whether you feel it. The Bible says you are. There's power in the word now. Right now. Right now. Right now, guys, is the day of salvation. Right now is the day of your deliverance. Right now is the day of your freedom. You do not have to wait 
for someone to lay hands on you to be free. Your deliverance is here right now. Your salvation is here right now. Hallelujah. Here's another one. Jesus was made poor that you through his poverty might be made what? Somebody says, is that a Bible verse? It is. It says, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that, that though he was poor, yet for your sake he became, yet, yet though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, that you through his poverty might be what? Rich is not a dirty word. So we could say it this way. I'm rich right now. Say it again. One more time. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. That doesn't necessarily mean you're going to be a millionaire or a billionaire. But rich simply means having a full supply. So there's power in the word now. Don't put your healing off till the doctor pronounces you healed. There's another doctor that already has pronounced you healed. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that healeth thee. Don't wait for Wall Street. Don't wait for the stock market to declare that you are rich. Jesus has already pronounced you that. So let go of procrastination. There's an old Chinese proverb that says this, the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. And he said, the second best time is now. Another person said this, 20 years from now, you'll be more disappointed by the things that you didn't do by the ones you did do. Sail away from the safe harbor. Catch the trade winds in your sails. Explore and dream and discover. Amen. Do something about your walk with God now. Well, I intended to serve God last year, but I just got too busy. Hey, I've got an enlightenment for you. Everyone is busy. But the key is, if He is first place in your life, you will make time to serve Him. Here's another one. Let go of blaming everyone for where you are in life and make Jesus bigger than what's happened to you. In other words, let go of the victim mentality. And take on the mentality and the attitude of a victor. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14. 2 Corinthians, the second chapter and the 14th verse. Hallelujah. Great and glorious things are coming my way. Great and glorious things are coming my way. Great and glorious things are coming my way. Ha <laughs> ha. Woo, great, 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 great and glorious things. For we serve a great God. We serve a great God. Hallelujah. 
great and glorious things are coming my way. Amen. In 2 Corinthians, the second chapter in the 14th verse, no more victim mentality. No more blaming others for your lot in life. In 2 Corinthians 2 and 14, it says this, Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph in Christ and maketh manifest the savor of His knowledge by us. Where? Notice this with me. Now, thanks be unto God, which always causes us to triumph. Now, certainly there are going to be the tests that will come our way, but He always causes us to triumph. Now, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 57. Can't blame Mama. Can't blame Papa. Even though Papa was a rolling stone. And when he died, all he left us was alone. <laughs> Papa may have been a rolling stone, but now that you're born again, you are not your own. You are the temple of the Holy Ghost and you got a new papa you got a new daddy 1st Corinthians chapter 15 I'm trying to help some of you today 1st Corinthians 15 verse 57 let's read this verse together but thanks Now read it one more time like that. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus. Now insert the word me there. Ready, read. But thanks be to God, which gives me the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Having a victory mentality is the opposite of having a victim mentality. Amen? So let go of that. And then, here's another one. Let go of legalism and being so hard on yourself. And live by grace. Let go of legalism. Let go of the things that that, that, that binds you. Let go of those hard rules and regulations. Let go of a law-minded life. There is no one that could keep the law save Jesus himself. And he has poured forth his grace upon us all. As a matter of fact, He's given us layers and layers and layers of grace to live by. Oh, man. Oh, I love it, don't you? 
I love the fact that the grace of God frees us and enables us to soar in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that it's a gift. The scripture says that we're not saved by our works, but we are saved by grace through faith. Amen. Say with me, the grace of God is God's riches at Christ's expense. The grace of God is unmerited favor. It is God's power active in my life. I choose to live by grace and I let all legalism, I let it go. And I'm coming up in 2018 to greater heights of His grace. Hallelujah. Look at, uh, I think it's Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 18. You got a few more moments, don't you? Well, that's a 30. Eh? Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. Let go of the legalistic lifestyle. Let go of judgmental attitudes toward people that you don't feel like line up with their Christianity. Amen? Let it go. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, we're talking about coming up to new heights of God's grace. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, 2 Corinthians 3, 8, uh, Peter 3.18, I'm preaching. I know what I meant. It's up there. Amen. But grow... Grow in what? Grow in grace. How many of you really want to grow in grace? Now notice this. But grow in grace, and growing in grace is directly connected to and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now look at 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 2. 2 Peter 1 and verse 2. It says there that grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. I'm a candidate for multiplied grace. If I'm going to experience multiplied grace, I cannot be legalistic with myself and I can't be legalistic with you. But grow in grace. Grace and peace will be multiplied unto you. Read the rest with me. Through the knowledge of God and of Jesus Christ our Lord. And then lastly and not least. Let go of unforgiveness. Let go of unforgiveness. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31 and 32. And unforgiveness includes yourself. Because there's a lot of people that have not yet forgiven themselves. God has forgiven them, but they just cannot find it in their heart and in their mind to forgive themselves. You need to give yourself a massive break. 
and let it go. In Ephesians, the fourth chapter in verse 31, notice this with me. He says, let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Notice verse 32. And be kind and, and be kind to one another, tender hearted. What kind of heart should we have? What kind of heart? Say this with me. I have a tender heart. Tender hearted. Now notice the next word. Forgiving. Forgiving. Forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has what? So we see in this verse, let it go. Let go of unforgiveness. Now notice in Ephesians, the fifth chapter, the first and the second verse, it goes on in the context of this letter. He tells us to walk in love. People that walk in love do not hold grudges. People that walk in love don't allow bitterness to take a root in their soul. John Maxwell said years ago, he said, here's a thought. Instead of getting bitter, why not get better? Forgiveness is much better than bitterness. But notice the context. If we're going to go up in 2018, there is a walk that we must walk in. And it says, and walk in love. Walking in love is walking in God. And walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. Now notice verse 2. Well, I meant verse 1. Be followers or mimickers of God as dear children. How many of you know the great, great preacher Billy Graham? How old is Billy now? Billy's 99. Wow. You know what the next number is? 100 years old. How many of you have been impacted by Billy Graham's ministry? Anybody get born again under his ministry? Greg, you got born again? That's awesome. How many of you have ever been to a Billy Graham crusade? What a communicator he is. Amen? Now listen to this statement that Billy Graham made concerning forgiveness. He said, In one bold stroke... Forgiveness obliterates the past and permits us to enter in to the land of new beginnings. Andy Stanley said it like this Forgiveness is simply a decision to cancel. A debt. Another person said this when you forgive someone, you set a prisoner free 
And then you find that the prisoner was you. Let go of unforgiveness. Don't let it eat your lunch. You know why? Because great and glorious things are coming your way. Hallelujah. Let go of legalism. You know why? Because great and glorious things are coming. They're coming our way. Hallelujah. Patty Davis, the daughter of Ronald Reagan, said that her dad was had made a lasting impression on her today, the day after the assassination attempt in 82. She said the following day, my dad, Ronald Reagan, said he knew his physical... Listen to this. This is rich. That he knew his physical healing was directly dependent on his ability to forgive John Hinckley. By showing me that forgiveness is the key to everything, including physical health and healing, this gave me a great example of Christ-like thinking. Hallelujah. My message on this last Sunday, December 31st, 2017, is what do you say we all let go of some things. And what do you say we all go up? What do you say we all come up and possess the land of milk and honey? Because my prayer for you today is as you bow your head in prayer that you would see the goodness of God in the land of the living in 2018. Father, in the name of Jesus, I prophesy over your people. Your greatness, your goodness is following them all the days of their life. And they shall surely see the favor of God and the goodness of God come their way in greater dimensions than it ever has before. And Lord, we receive this message in our hearts today. We hide it in our heart. And we thank you, Lord God, for moving right now in this service. Thank you for speaking to hearts. Pastor Tom, if you could come to the piano. Speaking to hearts. As every head is bowed and every...